Episode 80-something. Who would have thought we'd be here? Whether it be reaching over 1,000 weekly listens or it's September 2020 and who knows when we'll be returning to working and interning in person. Since summer is over and we've read way too many posts from students on LinkedIn saying thank you for their amazing remote internship, we decided that it would be a good time to reach out to you guys and see what are some cheat codes to remote interning. So we hopped across the border and partnered up with Ripen to find some students who have been killing it in the remote world. Welcome to Declassify College. And in this episode, we uncover the secrets to interning, but from your room. Use your fighter. Welcome to Declassified College, where I, Justin Wynn, share my cheat codes to college and make sure that you're ready for the real world by the time that you walk across that stage. Make sure you subscribe, not just for you, not just for me, but for the millions of college students around the world to find this podcast. Now, you don't want to let down millions of students, do you? You know how everyone tells you that you need an internship, but no one ever tells you why? Yeah. I remember that the only reason that I would get was you need the experience. Now, is that true? Yeah. But again, why do you need this magical experience? Well, it turns out that it's less about you and actually more for the person that's hiring you. In our fourth year, one of our professors changed up the class by providing us with a real-world project to work on. He brought in a CEO of a local tech business that was growing rapidly. The CEO came into our class and presented a strategic crossroads his business was foreseeing and offered a $1,000 prize to the top team that came up with viable insights. Our group, which included one of our other co-founders, met with the CEO for coffee and learned more and dove in a bit deeper. At the end of the course, all the groups presented their plans to the CEO and his team, and one of the groups ended up winning the $1,000 prize, and one of the girls in that winning group was offered a job after graduation. We followed up with the CEO and asked him why he participated in this collaboration to learn more, and his response was actually quite surprising. We thought it would lean more towards finding new ideas for growing his business, which he did say there were some great nuggets and recommendations that really validated things his team was thinking about. But the main reason he was there was to find talent. He knew he couldn't compete with the larger enterprises who have huge campus recruiting teams and budgets. And by engaging in this way, he was able to identify key attributes in people that he knew would fit his team that a resume just doesn't showcase. Given how many projects we had to do in our courses, which often did have a lot of industry merit, but was never really connected to real organizations, our light bulb moment uh, appeared. What if even only 10 or 15 or 20% of our courses had an engagement like this? How much better off would we have been to gain that real world experience, build and showcase our skills, and leave school with a network of industry professionals we've worked with that could validate the value we demonstrated in real world projects? That was Dave talking about what motivated him and his team of co-founders to start Ripen. I love how they're adding relevant work experience to classrooms, and if you want to learn more about them, I'll link their website in the show notes. But how does this all relate to remote interning? Well, think back to the end of the story, when Dave talks about the CEO's perspective and how he hired one of the girls from the winning team. The reason that companies have internships and or work with companies like Ripen to bring real projects into your class is so that they can essentially give you a tryout and see how you work. 
that internship isn't completely about if you can make a pivot table or the best coffee. That internship is there so that they can test and see what your skill level is, but most importantly, how do you work within a team? So now that we know why interning is so important, here's one of the best parts about interning remotely. I think the biggest thing that stood out to me about a remote internship is that you can really kind of set the pace of your day. I was working in Toronto hours from Calgary, which means that I was starting my day at 7 a.m. most of the time. And then obviously you're going to be kind of tired because of that and you're not going to be as awake in the morning. So I found that without the kind of pressure of being in an office environment and having to constantly seem like you were busy, if you're tired and feeling not really engaged after the first few morning meetings, you want to pep up and get some more energy, you can totally go for a walk, go for a run even, do something active, get back into the spirit of it, and then come back to your desk and feel refreshed and then get back to work. I think that part of it, I really appreciate it. Killian is a fourth-year student studying commerce at the University of British Columbia. He recently interned at Labatt Brewery, and I can totally relate to what he just said. Even though I wasn't interning over the summer, all of my consulting work was done at home. And previously, I would get caught up in the office environment and just put my head down until it was time to head home. Now though, when I feel like I've just been staring at my screen for far too long, I just go outside for a quick walk and basically reset my mind. Whether it's interning, working, or Zoom University, definitely try to find something to get you up and out of your chair to switch things up. But what about the cons? The part of it I didn't appreciate and the part of it I like more about in-person interning is that team collaboration and the team connectivity. I think the biggest way that you actually learn from an experience and that you learn about the kind of work you want to be doing in the future is from talking to people about it and those kind of unscheduled, unprompted, kind of at-the-lunch-table conversations. And I think that's really missing with a remote internship, depending on how it's set up, of course. But I think in my experience, it was hard to really get those casual conversations of, so how did you get here? What do you like about what you're doing now? What don't you like about it? Because when you're communicating through a Zoom call at the end of the day, it's, it's always going to feel a little more forced, I think. Company culture. We hear that buzzword all the time. And honestly, I laugh at how many times I've heard from people in HR say that their company culture is the best around. The fact is, you have a skill set and there are millions of companies out there that could use it. The difference between working at Google, Ripen, or your local company may be a slightly different pay, but mainly it's going to be culture. You'll do the same work just in different environments, and that can make a huge difference. So since randomly jumping into Zoom calls probably isn't the right way to do it, how do you start to get in touch with people to learn more about the company that you're interning at and start that all-important networking? That's a good question. I think that the the biggest roadblock uh, when it comes to networking uh, when you're only in a virtual environment is that it requires you to be a lot more diligent and a lot more intentional right off the bat when you meet people. So obviously, because I was working from home, there's no like casually meeting people in the line in the cafeteria. So everyone that I met, I had to send an email out to, to introduce myself and to ask for like 30 minutes or even 15 minutes of their time. Um, so that's definitely the most uncomfortable thing. But once I got used to just like kind of sending an email randomly to different people, it was it was a lot easier because you just speak kind of through video chat and get to know them just how you would if you were to like sit down and have a coffee chat. So once you really kind of get used to the or once I got used to just sending emails and like kind of putting myself out there, it was it wasn't too difficult. Aaron goes to the University of British Columbia and interned at Kraft Heinz over the summer. 
He studies marketing and his point about gaining the confidence to reach out to people is spot on. Networking is the only way to get a good grasp of the company culture if you can't physically go to the lunchroom. If you start reaching out to people and they don't give you the time of the day, it probably means that the company has more reserved culture. If you reach out and you start getting a bunch of meetings, it probably means that they have more of an open culture. The thing that you want to think about too is, especially if you're working at larger companies, you need to pay attention to specific team culture. Some companies are so big that within the company, there are teams that work differently. Think about how culture in the U.S. is different in the Northeast compared to down South compared to the West Coast. Same country, many different cultures. And if you're international, think about if you went to the North side of the biggest city versus the South side. I can almost guarantee that there's a difference in how people act. But networking doesn't just end with other employees. There's an argument to be made that at large internships, making those connections with other interns is super important too, because they will go off and do amazing things and you never know where they're going to end up. So how do you bridge those connections with other interns, even if you're in different countries? So in order to overcome this virtual aspect of networking with coworkers, my intern cohort was actually, we did very well in keeping in touch outside of work hours. So for example, we made group chats where we could chat casually. We had online happy hours where our supervisors would also attend. So this kind of made it seem like we were actually all in D.C. together. And even after my internship ended, we planned to have in-person meetups after COVID kind of died down. So, for example, this summer, some of us agreed to meet up at the big March on Washington that happens annually and things of that nature. So this kind of allowed us to create a tight network despite being separated by virtual barriers. That was Melanie, and she also attends UBC while studying political science. She interned at the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation in Washington, D.C., even though she was in Canada. Group text messages after work is so important. It gives you more freedom to be yourself, and that's when you make the best connections. If Melanie was able to do it in Canada and interning in a different country, you shouldn't have any excuses why you can't make meaningful connections. So I hope that you've learned that even though you are interning from your laptop, that doesn't mean that you can't effectively network. But as you know, we always end off with that one final cheat code. This comes from Killian and is something that I wish I heard before starting to do my work online. So I think the biggest thing that I did that I would say is my biggest cheat code to a remote internship is I kept a daily track of what I wanted to get done that day. And I really wouldn't let myself kind of step away from the desk and call it a day until I'd gotten those pieces done. I think this is because when you're doing a remote internship, like the couch, the fridge, and the TV are always in the house with you. And they can be, at least for me, in the first few weeks of my internship. They're, they start to be pretty tempting as, as the day goes on and you start to think, well, I'll just quickly take a break and then get right back to it. So I think that's fine. And if you need a break, take a break. But the thing that I found, at least I had to build in over time, was setting out that, that sheet of three or four goals that I had to get done for the day, and then making sure that as I was working through the day, I was checking off that progress and really making sure that I was generating like the results I wanted to get by the end of the experience. You're a beast for making it all the way to the end. Hope that you start using that cheat code that you learned today. All of our socials, websites, and newsletters are going to be linked below. So if you want to stay up to date on us or possibly be featured on an episode, check those out. But if you're going to do one thing, 
definitely hit that subscribe, follow, or whatever the button is labeled on your favorite podcasting platform to get these cheat codes three times a week. Until next time, peace. Knockout. You win.